Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. Let's be obedient to what God speaks, that we might continue to hear Him with greater clarity and regularity, that you could discern the voice of the Lord, because when He speaks, you listen. When God says, you do. When God tells you to do something, you do it. When he tells you to stop it, you stop it. If you want to know, how do I turn up God's value in my ear with more obedience? The more obedient you are to what you're hearing, the more clearly you will hear from the Lord. Are you obedient to the Lord? Do you follow his directions when you hear them? Or do you put off following his guidance until it's convenient? In today's message, Pastor Bill teaches you how to begin to hear the voice of God more clearly by being obedient to what God is telling you to do, by putting aside your own desires and placing God's will at the forefront of your life, you begin to become more sensitive to what He is speaking. It may be tough to follow God in the moment, but it's worth it in the long run. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 3, as he continues his message, Hearing from God. I read this story this week as I was going through this. There was a young man that was at a Wednesday night study and he left. It was about hearing from God. And he said, God, I want to hear from you. You know, I want, I want to hear from you like, like what I read in the text. And as he was driving home, he felt like the Lord was telling him to go to a store and buy a gallon of milk. He said, oh, that's crazy. And he just kept driving. And he said, you know what, God, I, I, I'm going to I'm going to go just in case it's you. I'm going to go do it. So he went and bought this gallon of milk. And he's in the car and he's driving home and he's driving home the normal way he goes home. And since that the Lord was saying, no, turn down this other street. And he passed it by thinking, oh, I said, what is that? And, and then, but he doubled back and said, you know what? Maybe, maybe that's maybe, maybe the Lord but he doubled back, went down this other street. And as he went down this other street, he came to a place where, again, he sensed the Lord saying, stop and get out right here. And at this point, he's just like, I don't even know if this is God or not. The, the last thing that he believed the Lord spoke to him was take this gallon of milk to that door. And he said there's the door next to it. There were lights on. The door was on either side of the house. Had, but this door was the house was already blacked out. Looked like the people were either gone or sleep. And it wasn't the best part of town. And he did, so he didn't want to do it. But he, he just said, oh, I'm, you know, I've gone this far. I'm going to go. And as he went to the door and he, he knocked on the door, somebody, who is it? You know, and they yelled at the door or whatever. But the guy came out. And he just kind of sheepishly handed up the milk. And the guy didn't say anything, but he went backwards. And then a woman came out and they began to share with him how that they were broke. They had a baby and they were praying that God would send them milk for this baby. And he said he just cried all the way home. Now, I don't know if the story is true. If it's true, it's amazing. If it's not, if it was just a matter of application, someone shared it. But I read that and I thought, wow, that was, that was pretty cool. I'm, here, here's what I think is important of the story. When you think God has spoken, one of the ways we can confirm his word, if God isn't saying do something that conflicts with scripture, sometimes we got to step out and do what we believe. God, I believe you're saying do this. And just, I'm going to just go that far and let you correct me if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm misunderstanding you, Lord. It'd be better to be wrong trying to hear from God than it would to be so careful that God can't tell you to do anything. You're going to rationalize everything. You guys follow what I'm saying? Some people have heard from God. They're like, I'm not doing that. And so God can't do it through them. He got to do it through a believer who will just do the crazy thing that God tells them to do. And there are times when by his spirit, God will move upon our hearts just like that. It won't make sense. 
but it'll be the Lord, 100% the Lord. And all God needs is people that will listen and obey. And that's what we want to be, people that will listen and obey, not to just anything, not to just any voice, but to the voice of the Lord. Amen. All right. So moving on. So Samuel said, speak, Lord, for your servant here. Verse 11. Then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. In that day, I will perform against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. This is important about the prophetic word. It's usually confirming. Whenever I've had a prophetic word that was legit, it was usually confirming something that God had already spoken. It wasn't foreign to me. The word that God has given Samuel about Eli is not going to be foreign to Eli. Eli has already heard it. He's getting ready to hear it again from another person. And so God tells him, look, it's the word that I've already spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. Verse 13, for I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows because his sons made themselves vile and he did not restrain them. I want to pause on this for just a moment because God says I'm judging his house forever. That means I'm not forgiving this. There won't be an atonement for this crime, this sin. What was so bad? Because what was Eli's sons doing? You guys remember They were ripping people off that were bringing their offerings. So people were bringing their offerings to the Lord. The offerings were animal sacrifices. And God had given rules about how that was to go. They were to bring the meat. The priests would, you know, after they would give the cut the portion for the Lord, they would boil it. And they would give a portion to the priest to eat. They, They would live. Eli's sons were saying, we don't want boiled meat. We like barbecue. So they would take the meat straight out of the people's hands and say, we're taking that for ourselves. And so it says that people begin to abhor the offering of the Lord. And I told you guys, it would be like you coming to church and bringing your offering for the Lord. You want to worship the Lord and give to the work of God. And let's say I had kids here and they were, you saw my kids walking and they would just dig into the offering and take what they wanted right in front of you. Thank you. Y'all wouldn't give, right? You would be like, are you? And look, And I let them do it, right? And you guys would all leave, rightfully so. But that's what they were doing, essentially. In addition to that, it says that Eli's sons was having sex with women in the temple. I mean, just, it don't get no worse than that. They deserve everything they got coming. And Eli, again, it'd be one thing if they were being bad and he was doing what he could. It says, the Lord says, and he did not restrain them. That's Eli's problem. He didn't restrain his kids. And I want to speak to that for just a moment, because why wouldn't he have restrained his kids? Uh, And I think this can happen in parents, right? I don't know if he loved them so much or thought he loved them, loved them more than he loved God, cared about, you know, how they felt more than how God felt. Whatever reason, this is important, right? Whatever reason he wouldn't discipline his kids, it was not okay with the Lord. God didn't accept that. There are parents today that will say, I don't spank my kids. I love my kids. But the Bible says if you don't discipline them, you hate them. Y'all know that? It says if you, if you don't discipline your kid, you actually hate them. So the child left to himself will come to destruction. If you beat them with the rod, they won't die. It says in the Proverbs, you know, and it's not beating them in a harsh way, but disciplining them, right? And so, you know, we, we need to be mindful of that. We need to, and all discipline is not physical discipline. It's some of it speaking, some of it's training, some of it saying, hey, don't do that. 
I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna discipline you. I'm gonna take stuff away. I'm gonna, you're gonna feel the consequence of behaving in that way because that's not okay with the Lord. As parents, we want to do our part. Eli had not done his part, and it wasn't. He wasn't just a parent in the home. He was a parent in the priesthood, in the ministry. That's what was the big deal here. This is not a dad at home messing up. This is a father with the responsibility. This is when the priest's job was such a big deal. The priest was the individual that went before God on behalf of the people. And he would go before the people on God's behalf. He was in between God and the people. That's a big deal. Jesus is now our high priest. Right. There's no man in between you and God. Jesus is that man. But at this time, the priest served a really important role. And so God said, I, I can't have that. I can't. I don't want to be misrepresented like that. And so now the Bible says we are kings and priests. We represent the Lord to the world and we want to do so in as pure a way as possible. Our witness, our testimony to those around us is an important thing to the Lord. So verse 14 And therefore, this is the word continuing the word of the Lord to Samuel about Eli. Therefore, I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. I want you to think about that. That means when when this word goes from Samuel's lips, God is saying there's no way you're getting forgiven for this. This won't be atoned for forever. That's I mean, that's, that, that, that's, that's hard. I mean, even as I read it, I'm thinking, man, there's no way out. I mean, you have messed up and it's irreversible at this point. God is saying it's, it's not going to be reversed, not going to be atoned for at this point forever. And so it says now in verse 15, so Samuel lay down until morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. And so I want you to think about this because everybody today want to be a prophet. But as we look at this genuine prophetic word, was this a fun word? You think Samuel slept good that night? I think he probably laid there. He probably laid there the rest of the night to the morning. You know, just like, man, what? Why? Why? God, why you didn't give me one of them television prophecies? God's going to bless you. It's going to be your harvest time. You know, why you didn't give me? Because God, that's, you know, a lot of times you read through the real prophetic text. And these guys were giving warnings to the nations and they were warning people um, because people were messing up. Right. And so this is a difficult word, but it is the word of the Lord. It's genuine. It's legit. And it was from God. He heard it. And so, you know, Samuel's going to be a prophet to the nations. But I want you to see his first word is a difficult word. You know, sometimes the thing that God will call you to do, usually God doesn't call us to do things that are easy to our flesh. He calls us to do things that we'll need his empowering to carry it out. And so this is not an easy thing that God called Samuel to do, but he's going to be God's spokesman. And if he's going to be a faithful spokesman, you got to say what God said, no matter what. Amen. You and I, we're not prophets like Samuel, but we are called to be spokesmen and spokeswomen for the Lord. Right. Samuel was getting a word from the Lord in a prophetic sense. We got the word of the Lord in written text. Right. We have the 66 books, the revelation of God through the scriptures where God is revealed. Samuel didn't have this. And so we have that way to know God, what he says, what he thinks, what he feels, what's his heart. God says, I want you to proclaim that to the world. Tell them who I am. Tell them what I did. Tell them how to know me. Warn them of wrath to come that they might repent and change and, and turn. And so we're called to speak the word of the Lord faithfully as well. And it's not always popular to do so. If you speak up, 
the God's word to people, it's not always a popular thing. Have you ever found that to be true? You, if you don't want to speak up and say, you know, share the gospel, let's say, or someone asks you, you know, well, what do you think about such and such? And you find that because you're a Christian and you're guided by the spirit and the word that, wow, my opinion seems to differ from everybody here. I'm the only one that sees it this way. It, it can be kind of isolating at times. For me as a pastor, right, there'll be times where I know people know the Christian position on the thing. And but because I'm up there like, hey, so what do you think about it? You already know what I think about it. I think about what God says about it is what I think about it. You know, you know, people will do that. And so here Samuel has this word. It says that he's afraid to share it with Eli. Does he, he, and, I, and, and understandably so. And so verse 16, then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he answered, here I am. And he said, what is the word that the Lord spoke to you? Please do not hide it from me. God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all the things that he said to you. I want you to hear something in Eli's voice because this is the voice of a disobedient person. It's like he knows the Lord said something about him. Do you hear the insecurity in Eli's request? He says, Samuel, what did God speak to you? Tell me everything he said to you and God do so. It's like he knew it was a bad word. God do so to you and even more if you hold back anything from me of what he told you. And the Bible says this about those that are in sin. It says the, the wicked run when nobody pursuing them, but the righteous are bold as a lion. So when you're living wrong and you're doing dirt and you're living, you, you, they ain't nobody thinking about you. Are they talking about me? They're talking about me over there? Are the police coming for me? That's when you're living wrong. That's you just be running from everything, flies and everything else. But it says the righteous, bold as a lion. Righteous can just stand 10 toes down, firm footed, that, you know what, this they standing on solid ground, standing in the Lord. And so I hear that insecurity and Eli wants to know. I wonder, because God's not speaking to him. And I want you to catch this, right? He's in the temple. He used to have this with the Lord. God's not speaking to him. He ain't heard from the Lord in a long time. But he knew God was speaking to Samuel last night. He said, please, please, please tell me what you heard. And bad as he wants to hear it, it's not going to be good news for him when he does. Amen? I just want to say this, because all this could have been averted for Eli had he just obeyed the Lord when he heard from the Lord. The Lord was nice enough to send a man of God to tell him what he was doing. He could have repented then, but he didn't. So now he's dealing with the fact that when God did speak, he ignored the Lord. Don't ignore the Lord. If God has spoken to you, make sure you have obeyed when he spoke. If God has called you to repent of something, make sure that you've heeded his word and you've repented of whatever it is. Don't ignore the voice of the Lord. He loves you. And even God's directives are for your benefit. When God says stop doing something, he has your benefit in mind. He loves you. God's saying to do something. It's, he does it so with you in mind because he loves you. So don't ignore the Lord. You can ignore anybody else but the Lord. And so moving on, verse 18, it says, Then Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him, and he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. I think this is important that Eli does, even though it's not a positive word, even though it's probably difficult to hear what was said. 
He did let Samuel know that, yeah, that's the Lord. He didn't fight it. He didn't deny it. I believe that this is mandatory. If somebody comes to you with a word from the Lord and it's legit, when you hear it, it, it's speaking to you. You know it's for you. You got to own it. You got to claim it. You got to say, hey, for the sake of that individual that brought that word, you got to let them know. You got to confirm it for them. You got to tell them, you know what? That was for me. That is from the Lord. And, and if you could tell them why, let them know why. Because in the future, when they hear from God, you, you've now helped them to be able to discern his voice. You've confirmed to them that. And it might be embarrassing. I was at a prayer meeting one time with some brothers and uh, I was the only pastor there among these brothers. And I had just had a situation happen that I was in the flesh about. They didn't know about that. I hadn't shared that with anybody there, but I was angry about something. But I keep it together pretty well. I don't wear anger. I wasn't angry at the meeting. My anger was outside at another situation somewhere else. But I was sitting there and we prayed and we had a good time fellowshipping. And one of the guys said, hey, bro, I, I got a word from the Lord. I don't know who it's for. But someone here, you're angry about something. And that anger is going to turn sinful if you don't give it to the Lord. And I was like, I'm the only pastor there. So I'm like, I knew immediately that was for me. And I had to. I had to say, hey, that's for me. This is what and I just told. I told on myself, this is what happened. This is what's going on. So y'all pray for me right now. And you know what? God, it ended right there. That Whatever was going on, it ended right there at that prayer meeting. But I knew that I needed to own it. God was doing me a favor saying, don't keep going with this. It's going to end somewhere bad. So I'm calling it out now. And let that young man know that that was a word from the Lord. And you could just look dumb if you're going to look dumb. <laughs> you know, So God, God not worried about if I look dumb or not. But um, I do think it's important because here's the thing. If you come to me with something that's not from the Lord, I'm going to let you know that was not from God. I don't know where you got that word from. I don't know who told you that. I don't know what you dreamed that up. But you need to go home and tell God sorry for lying on you because that did not come from the Lord. But at the same time, when it is from the Lord, we should confirm it. We should let someone know that, hey, that was from God. Thank you. Rather, it's embarrassing or not, um, it's important that we do so. Eli confirmed, gives him confirmation. He says, look, it's the Lord. Let him, seem, let him do what seems good to him. Verse 19. So Samuel grew. And why did he grow? It says he grew in, and, and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And again, I'm sure he grew physically, but he was also growing spiritually. He was growing also as a prophet, as a minister there. He was growing in his ministry there to other people. It says that God didn't let any of his words fall. That means when, when Samuel spoke on God's behalf, it came to pass. And, and so God was establishing him in that position, right? Uh, over time, when someone speaks, and that was from the Lord, and they speak, and that was from the Lord, they're established as, that's a man of God. That's someone through whom God is speaking. That person receives prophetically from the Lord. And so as we can trust it, I know some people that, that I've known for years that they have a prophetic gift. There are some people that I know when they say, it's not like they say it all the time, but when they say, the Lord gave me this. I know a couple of guys that whenever they have said that, it has been 100% accurate all the time. And so... That's a good track record. If you're going to be speaking on God's behalf, that, that it be true when you get done. Amen. You don't want the track record of being the one that's saying, God told me, 
and everything God told you didn't happen, right? I, I told y'all before, all those pastors that was prophesying at their 2020 New Year's Eve service about how God was going to bless 2020, how it was going to be a year of prosperity, and everybody in the congregation is on Zoom, at home, <laughs> lost jobs. <laughs> them brothers ought to be put on blast for them lies they was telling. So, so moving on. So Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him. That's so important. And let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. And so we see that for Samuel, while the lamp is going out on Eli, we see that things are really kind of beginning for Samuel, right? A lot of firsts for Samuel in this chapter. First time he heard from the Lord. First time he received a prophetic word. First time he spoke the prophetic word. Uh, first time it was confirmed that the prophetic word that he heard and spoke was, in fact, from the Lord. And now the first time the Lord has revealed himself to him. And, and even as at one life, God had done all those things for Eli. He had had all those same firsts. But he just is not finishing well in his life. He had had a time where God revealed himself to him. He had had a first time God spoke to him. He had had all those same firsts, but somehow he went crooked and sideways along the way. He's not finishing strong. Samuel's having all these firsts, and I could just cheat you, not cheat, but let you know that Samuel's one of the good guys in Scripture. He's one of the guys when you look all the way through and you see, wow, his whole length of ministry, this guy was a man of God heard from the Lord, declared what God spoke over different errors, different kings, different leaders, different people at different times. But this is God's spokesman over the nation for a period of time. And so God is beginning to do a work in him. Again, I titled the message Hearing from God. I think that's the thing I want to kind of drive home for us and encourage us. What a privilege it is that we can hear from God. Amen. There's all these things you could be hearing from day to day, hearing from the news, blah. Hearing from whatever you get a lot of these things you can hear, but you and me have the ability to hear from God. A lot of different ways you can hear from God. You can hear from God primarily. I'm telling you, read your Bible because that's primarily where God is speaking. He speaks through his word, but God is not limited to that. God can speak through his people. God can speak through circumstance. God can speak any way he wants. He can speak through a song. He can speak through a brother or a sister, not limited to anything, but God speaks. And if I could encourage us as a body of Christians, of believers, it would be this. Let's be obedient to what God speaks, that we might continue to hear him with greater clarity and regularity, that you could discern the voice of the Lord, because when he speaks, you listen. When God says, you do. When God tells you to do something, you do it. When he tells you to stop it, you stop it. If you want to know how do I turn up God's value in my ear with more obedience, the more obedient you are to what you're hearing, the more clearly you will hear from the Lord. And so Eli is an example of disobedience and he just didn't hear anymore. Samuel's an example of initial obedience even, but as he was tuning in right now, it'll get much clearer in his life as things go by as he listens with the intent to obey. Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. I'm listening with the intent to obey. It is that man, that woman that will hear from the Lord with greater clarity and regularity. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for this example through Samuel's life. 
Even the poor example to Eli that we would, we would know what not to do. God, I pray you would help us. Help us to incline our hearts and our ears to hear from you. God, I pray that you would help us to be obedient to that which we know you've already spoken, that we might be ready and in position to hear the new things that you will desire to speak to us. So glad you've joined us today here on A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. We're currently in the book of 1 Samuel. Many of the childhood Bible stories stem from this book. David is a main character, and he came from humble means. He was a simple shepherd boy, but God had great things in mind for him. He was a musician also, and this served him well as he was able to help King Saul. But more than these occupational type of skills, David had a heart for God like no other. God refers to David as a man after his own heart. What a compliment coming from the very creator of everything. This doesn't mean that David was perfect. As we all know, he wasn't. But his heart was continually coming back to God, seeking help, asking for refuge, and coming back with a repentant heart. This is the type of heart God wants from each of us. Do you find yourself looking up to David and his character? If you'd like to learn more about David in 1 Samuel, feel free to listen to more teachings from this series on our website, calvaryinglewood.org. That's calvaryinglewood.org. A Transforming Word is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood in Inglewood, California. Our time with you today is about up, but we encourage you to keep reading and studying this eventful book of the Bible. We're so grateful you took the time to listen today. And Pastor Bill will be back with more in the coming edition of 1 Samuel. Until then, keep your head in the Word and your heart close to God. Then, make sure to come back for another insightful edition of A Transforming Word.